You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome in to Pirate Basketball Overtime here on the Sports Objective. Pirates go down in Lakeland, Florida. Tiger Town, if you will. Florida 70, East Carolina 65. With us right now from China Grove, North Carolina. Bubba Rosenbaum, what's up, man? Very close call for the Pirates tonight. Uh, just could not make the, the plays when we needed to. Um, so many missed opportunities at the rim. and But at the same time, uh, you know, proud of the fight the, the guys showed uh, after – Falling behind by 11 there in the first 10 minutes of the, the game. Yep. And uh, after allowing 23 points in the first 10 plus minutes, you had the Gators just score 47 the remainder of the way. And um, really proud of um, the way the guys gave us an opportunity to win. Florida had been scoring 84 points a game. So uh, great to hold them to 70. You know, if, I'm sure if you ask Coach Schwartz part of the game, if you, if you hold the Gators to 70, uh, would you feel good about your chances? And I'm sure he would have. And uh, they had been killing opponents on the backboards, um, out-rebounding the opposition by 10 or 11 boards per game. And uh, that continued tonight. Uh, but amazingly, considering uh, East Carolina got out-rebounded 51-32, to 32, we still had a chance to win. Uh, we forced 18 Gator turnovers, and also uh, also Florida really struggled at the charity stripe, 15 out of 28. And uh, the, you know, unfortunately, another another uh, heartbreaking loss, on just like on Saturday against South Carolina. But uh, I think it will pay dividends down the road. At least I hope it does. No doubt. In the green room, we have Kyle from Lagrange Barber. We'll get him in just a second. Matt Semenza, house divided. Chrissy one, Matt nothing. Is is that what's up, bro? Uh, you, if you need a couch to sleep on, you can come here to North, Northeastern North Carolina. And uh, I've got actually beds you can sleep on. i got bedrooms here <laughs> available if you need it. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? That is a tough one for me because my wife is a Florida Gator. And, uh, you know, just a, listen, a really solid effort on the road by the Pirates especially defensively, like Bubba mentioned, to hold yeah. that team to 70 points, you have to feel really good about the effort defensively. But, you know, I think Florida really gave us opportunities to, to win that game. I mean, that was a game yep. that was there for the taking. And, you know, they really struggled shooting the ball from the perimeter and also really struggled at the free throw line as well. Horrible. Um, so that was a game that was there for the taking. But – you know, winning these games, winning tight basketball games down the stretch is something that this team is going to learn how, 
they're going to need to learn how to do that. Right. And, you know, maximizing possessions down the stretch, getting good shots, not turning the ball over. That's a, that's a learned um, skill set. And they're not quite there yet offensively. But, you know, you can see this team getting to a point where they start to win these games. Let's bring in now, ladies and gentlemen, my buddy Kyle from the Grange Barber. What's up? Good on guys. Uh, you know, it's crazy is that you could really argue and, and really make a good argument that we should be two and zero against the SEC. Yes. Um, lost them both, unfortunately. Uh, what we can't do, we got to we we need to win out the rest of our non conference games. Um, we you know stubbed our toe a couple times. You know, no shame in losing to South Carolina, Florida, George Mason. The shame is we we really should have beaten South Carolina and we could have won this game. Um, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. We need to, we need to take care of business the rest of the non-conference. These games, like Bubba said, will pay dividends down the road when you're playing Florida Atlantic and Memphis and Wichita State and Temple, et cetera, et cetera, in conference, UAB, North Texas. So yeah, these kind of games should pay dividends down the road. And, you know, we've looked the part, we've looked like we belong on the floor with Florida and South Carolina. I mean, guys, this get this and this, and what's crazy about this? Uh, their net is like what forty, Bubba? They were talking about. Yeah, the I, I checked that uh, just prior to the game. I think it's forty-two or forty-three. I mean, and the net, much like the RPI in in baseball early in the season, and I know we're a third of the way through the season now, but still, you know, it's kind of quirky because I looked uh, the Gators uh, forty-three, and then you had McNeese State despite a very similar record of like five and three or five and two or something, they were, uh, okay. Ken Palm number 30 for Florida. Thank you, Chuck. But, uh, yeah, McNeese state was ahead of ahead of Florida, which, uh, I, I haven't seen their schedule, but I found that interesting. So can be kind of quirky early in the year right. and kind of things filter, you know, kind of get to where you would think they would be. Uh, later on as, as the season goes, um, kind of as it did in baseball. Yeah, you know, well, Manny's, Manny's RPI could be off just because of one game. They could have one crazy right. win yeah, yes. early in the year like uh, this. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Matt, do you – um when you guys play the Gators uh, and Chrissy, you know, your wife's obviously a Florida Gator <laughs> alum, do, do, you, uh, do, do, you, do you ever taunt her? And play that clip of that uh, of that um, I don't know if it was a senator, congressman, what what she was. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Go go Gator. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, tonight we pretty much watched from different rooms. Uh, really? Uh, I did have my son. Lean, my my <laughs> there you go. There it is. Uh, my son was. I got to tell you though, like anybody who watched that game objectively. You had to realize that. Now, listen, I'm not saying we were perfect because we made our share of mistakes, but the officiating in that game tonight was horrendous. And uh, it was um, definitely several, several bad, I mean, really about, bad calls. When we a were, rebound off of somebody's hair, since when? Yeah, since not only when <laughs> can a ball go off somebody's <laughs> hair? Yes. By the way, I'd have all my players, if that's going to become uh, no more dreads, no more long hair, that'd be, you'd, yeah, he'd be getting a haircut tomorrow. Hey, by, by the way, what was? Please help me understand this, guys. And I and I'm, I'm. I'll let you guys take the light work on this because I always beat up on the officials. What was the deal with the out of bounds play, where neither official that's close, they both didn't see the call, and they called a jump ball. 
I mean, I'm going. This is this is. Uh, the it should have been reviewed just like the hair play. I don't. I don't understand that call, Bubba. Help me out on that one. Yeah, that was. You saw Schwartz on the sidelines shaking his head <laughs> over that one. Like you, you got to be kidding me. I mean, we, I, we, my son has rec officials that they really do a good job considering they're. I mean, here in Williamston, for you know seven from from kids kids that are. Uh, seven years old to, to 12 years old and they do a better job they don't miss that call and i'm like i can understand if it's like a rec official and there's like one official there i'm gonna give that guy a benefit of a doubt but when you have three guys on the floor and two were close to the play and you can't they're like did you like they, they conferred even the official i mean even there I, I love you justin i do love you justin <laughs> i'm not saying every official is bad um and I know he does. Uh, he does well, from what I've been told around football. Just the majority they, of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm just frustrated with that because they. It was, you a, dumb, it, 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 it was a bailout from Florida. It was those those officials were clearly leaning towards the uh, the quote unquote home team. It was a neutral site. Um, no calls went our way. Every call went Florida's way. Um, what you're going to expect when East Carolina is playing Florida, but. Uh, you know, yeah, I as, well, they, as soon as as soon as that one went against us, though that mm. that play on the baseline, I say as soon as it went against us, as soon as they did not, as soon as it um, there was any doubt there, I was like, it's going to go against us. Uh, you know, you just had a feeling. I've seen too much, and so. Uh, but William Landon chiming in, he's saying if we can continue to play good defense and clean up some of our finishes around the rim, I think we'll be fine in conference play. And right. and I agree that that's one of the most encouraging things tonight is that after falling behind by 11 there in the first 10 minutes of the game, that we were able to dictate the way um, the game was played and that we, we were able to, to keep it in the upper 60s and 70 uh, as opposed to uh, up there where Florida's playing in the mid 80s. And uh, yeah. e- even even in the mid '90s, against uh, an excellent club like Baylor. And sorry, go ahead, Matt. I didn't mean to cut you off a moment ago. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, um, I, I, but I do think we've found the formula that it's going to take for this team to be successful. That if you look over the last four games, this team has found its defense. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the season, yep. we were very sloppy defense, but they found their defense. Now they're playing really well on that end of the court, and I think. That's going to be the formula for this team. You're going to have to grind out games that, you know, just like tonight where you get down into the last minute and you're going to need to make some buckets. But that's going to be this team's go-to is lean on your defense, try to make some big shots. Now, you know, I do think that, um, you know, what you saw down the stretch tonight with when when Cam Hayes took the, the – the brick three at the end of the game. <laughs> One of the reasons, guys, why he had the ball there was because Pettiford came out of the game. Yeah, he rolled. It looked like he rolled his ankle. So that so, what what Coach Schwartz was trying to do, he was trying to run pick and pop at the perimeter, um, um, with Brandon Johnson. He was trying. It to, was supposed to be for BJ. Yeah, yeah. That, that shot was for BJ. Yeah, but when Pettiford went out, it just you know Cam Hayes. Listen, the guy's rusty. Anybody who's played basketball, when you haven't played for a long time, that's that is difficult to go into a game like that and just find your shot. But he just completely rushed it. He threw up a brick. That's not. I'm certain that's not the way Schwartz drew it up. No, and to your point, Matt. Very quickly, Dave. Um, 
Coach Schwartz, and you saw when that when that shot, uh, ill-advised shot by Cam Hayes happened. Was not happy. You saw Schwartz look at him, and you know he he he, he was like in gestured and you know, passed it to Brandon. Yeah. By the way, guys, speaking of Cam Hayes, a sidebar. I was talking about in the green room, and Kyle, you didn't hear this, but I I am really upset. And so, Justin, I'll give you officials a pass as much as I can. But I am not giving. I will still beat up on the NCAA. Yesterday, the NCAA guys. I don't know if you saw this, but I saw this right before the the show. So I'm really upset. And help me out on this. But yesterday, they said that anybody that plays during the time of the temporary restraining order, the TRO, as they're calling it, that they will not lose, be in jeopardy of losing eligibility. To you know, in other words, if you play a couple weeks, it's a year of your you know, like gone. Well, now tonight they're saying the exact opposite. If it's over, if the temporary restraining order is overturned, then Cam Hayes may lose a year. I, I just don't understand. It's like I think, uh, Kyle. I'm going to pass it to you. I think that the NCAA loves being a heel, like a wrestling term. I I just don't understand. I I don't even. I I I haven't been keeping up with the story. I heard Cam Hayes was eligible yesterday, so I'm really not at liberty to speak on this one in any sense. It's but for it, but it sounds like you're two weeks. What is the temporary restraining order? So the uh, so Josh Stein, the Attorney General of North Carolina, joined a whole bunch of Attorney Generals in in the nation. They got together. They sued the NCAA over the two-time rule, meaning that um, the second time you transfer, you have to sit out a year. Okay. Um, and so what happened is yesterday a judge gave a temporary restraining order for two weeks saying that these people that like uh, Cam Hayes, they're in that limbo of wanting to play now, but yet it's the second time they transferred yeah. that uh, they could play for two weeks while they're, uh, and without penalty. And now, all of a sudden, it's changed that. So it's just and it, that won't it won't hold up. You 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 can't penalize you can't penalize kids for doing what they're told they can do, and, and then take that. You know, if 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 it doesn't hold up, I I don't I, I don't see how they'll lose their year of eligibility. I don't see how that'll be allowed. <sighs> the NCAA has is just as a whole as as an entity. They they they're just completely utterly useless. You, you, they're sitting here, you know, worried about dumb bullshit about players transferring <laughs> twice. Yeah, exactly. Me, meanwhile, we're in a we're we're in a betting war to try to get a quarterback where we're having to pay over a hundred grand. I mean, it, the plot has been lost. It really has. I mean, it's college athletics are becoming a, a joke, and I, you know, one of my favorite things on earth, but they're becoming. It, it, when you get to the point now where you can almost look and say that the the professional sports are, you know, I you, you didn't like them because because of what they were. College sports is becoming even worse with with the uh, with the money involvement. It's stupid. I mean, it's just, can, it's, before you and, know, and, and now we're not. And now you know you're passing a rule for two weeks, and it may or may not happen because of a, because of a lawsuit, and then you're threatening to to take players' eligibility away that because of you know, I, this guy is just it's, well, well, guys, the lost calls. The and athletic directors. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kyle. But to your point, the athletic directors really need to man up and exactly man. man together and voice their opinions on this because people need to 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 call out the NCAA because it really is a rudderless ship at this point. But um, 
it's almost embarrassing. I've I've never seen a worse run organization before. <laughs> Look it's, at David Hackman. Terrible. Yeah, David's says, right. NCAA is about as credible as WWE. <laughs> yeah, Thank I'll you, go David. one further. They're about as credible as AEW. Oh man, <laughs> I tell you what, guys. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to call in tonight, you can about pirate basketball. We got some football news, obviously. Um, not about the quarterback, but maybe just maybe Hauser will be an early Christmas gift. Uh, the yeah. transfer from Michigan State, we'll see about that. But guys, um, that very thing of, uh, I mean, if you're a kid like Cam Hayes and you've been practicing and practicing and practicing, and then you're told yesterday you can play, and and then he, he uh, with advice of his lawyer, said that, you know, go ahead and play, and he plays tonight, and he basically he will get – uh, let's see here. That restraining order will stop. He will be able to play two games. He plays on next Wednesday night in Greenville, Delaware State. But then the uh, the December 29th game is one day after that two-week um, yeah. temporary restraining order. So he won't be able to play but two games. So you mean to tell me, um, and I'm not trying to make a whole show out of this, uh, but you mean to tell me, that two games is a season. I mean, essentially, that's what the, uh, that's not going to happen. I, and, I don't. And, agree, and, I agree with and, you, though. And, I don't and, think and, so. And I think it'll probably get upheld anyway, where where guys are allowed to play. But this whole deal now, where we're having to sue them, and um, by the way, Kyle was saying in the green room, didn't didn't the NCAA learn, guys, about and and for our great listeners and viewers, they got their butt beat in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court doesn't agree on anything. They lost nine to nothing. In, in general, nine I, to nothing I, on name, in, image, and likeness. In general, I am in I am in favor of not allowing guys to transfer twice in a row. Um in general, to be honest with you, I, I you know <laughs> I think we need to reel in a lot of this crap. Uh but it, 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 you can't be messing with people's eligibility uh because of a lawsuit. And you know, right. so because because of restraining orders, what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, but in, in general, I don't disagree with that rule um, as a rule. Um, I, I'd I'd like to see a lot more rules put in place. Like, uh, can we can we uh, put a cap on some of this paying players? Well, that's that's one of the things that what I'd like to see is William Landon says the NCAA has no accountability, zero leadership. Thank you, William. I tell you another thing. I would say Charlie Baker. You keep coming up with stupid ideas and this kind of nonsense you're doing now with one day saying one thing and not or whoever's singing from the NCAA. He's the top dude. We're going to fire you. Uh, the AD when Matt when you were talking earlier about the the uh, 80s having some guts, having some balls. I'll say it. Um, then tell him he's going to be fired if he if he does this crazy mess of coming up with these crazy proposals. You, then you have this. Um, it's just re- totally ridiculous, and he's uh, appeasing, I know, the SEC. Um, but anyway, let's talk. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you know, just back to the game real quick, guys. I mean, that was it was very frustrating tonight because the entire game, you know, it was it was really just a game of runs. Like, we would get the game down to two or three points. Yeah. And right when we had a chance to either tie or go ahead, you know, it would they would go on a little mini run. They'd get like a you know an N one um, or hit a three, 
and then go back up six. And there were a few times in that game where we got it to, I think we got it to, it was definitely two or three. And Florida goes on a mini run. And I think they got it back up to nine quick. I mean, within like one minute, they had it back up to nine. Got to give credit to the guys because every time they would go on one of those little runs, we would respond. And then trip back into the lead, but we just couldn't get over that hump. We couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't take the lead at any point in the game. We never ahead, led. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say we never led, and but yet it just the great the great thing about Kyle. I was going and Bubba. I was going to ask you guys the great thing about this team, and you make a great point, Matt, is the fight in this team. They never give up. How many times we watch pirate basketball and we get excited about a, a marquee matchup like Florida? South Carolina being SEC opponents, and we start out good, and then all of a sudden the team goes on a run, and we just lay, lie down, and all of a sudden it becomes an 18, 20, 25-point win for that team. Well, I, I think – I mean, We don't have that. I think it's like – I think it's a lot to do with what I said last year about Schwartz. He really gets his guys to play together as a team. They, they really yeah. buy into what he's doing. And, and – Plus, I just think we're pretty talented. I think our starters are, are you know, yep. as good as anybody together. in the American. Um, maybe we not have the depth of some teams, particularly in SEC school. But uh, I think we're. I, th- I think one, um, Schwartz gets his guys to play together too. I, I genuinely think we're just talented. I tell you what, my favorite player is uh, Ezra. Man, Asar is like they couldn't. Matt, did you see that? And Bubba, did you see with Ezra? They they would not. They didn't have an answer for Ezra. I mean, he I know he's not perfect, but I, I, whatever we are paying him NIL-wise, uh, we can get a lot of cash for him because teams are going to come calling after this year. Yeah, him taking guys off the dribble and yeah. unfortunately a couple times didn't finish the way the way he can there at the rim. And then um, another time, I guess maybe it was early second half, uh, you remember he it was a screen and roll there at about the free throw line or just above the free throw line, Matt and and Ezra, Ezra, um, you know, caught the pass and and jammed it with two hands. Yeah, absolutely. And you know he he's at his best when he's in attack mode and he's right. he's driving to the basket, physical. I thought you know we talked about some of the bad calls in this game. I thought there was a play in the last four minutes there where he was coming down on a fast break, he was trying to dunk it. And I thought he got fouled hard. And I thought that was another missed call. But, you know, I think I think for, for Ezra, you know, once he could just clean up those turnovers a little bit, you know, he's got a little – he's a little turnover prone when he puts the ball on the floor. Um, if he can clean that up a little bit, he – but he is very explosive and he's strong. And like Kyle says – athletically i mean he he is just he he is the type of guy athletically that can play in any conference i mean he's he's that talented um but he's just gotta you know just keep working but he he's got the ability yeah four four turnovers uh on the night uh for ezra out of our 12 um and and they did had 18 right yeah the gators had 18 and that while we're on the on the numbers, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, we'll go through the team statistics. Uh, Pirates, 
despite shooting less than 40% from the floor, uh, 39.7, 25 out of 63, uh, had an opportunity to win it. Uh, seven out of 22 from three, 31.8, eight out of 12 from the line. And then, um, then you have Florida, 25 out of 60, 41.7. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what their field goal percentage was the last 30 minutes when they when they only scored 47 points over the last yeah essentially 30 minutes of the game. Five out of 20 from three, just 25 percent. 15 out of 28, 53.6 from the charity stripe. And then, you, as we mentioned earlier, um, the Gators have been hammering the opposition. That's, that's the key right uh, there. On the on the glass, and they did so once again, out rebounding the Pirates, fifty-one wow. to thirty-two. Twelve assists for Florida, seven for East Carolina, eighteen turnovers, as Dave mentioned for the Gators, twelve for the Pirates. But uh, if you look at those numbers, and you know, you see you shot less than forty percent. Florida gets to the line sixteen times more than you, and then they out rebound you by nineteen. You still had a chance to win the game. That's got to make you. And granted, they only made 15 out of 28, but still, that that's that's got to make you feel pretty good that playing nowhere near as uh, well as you can play, you, you still had an opportunity to win the game. And and yes, Florida had a lot to do with with that, but um, there were also plenty of plays that uh, we just didn't finish. I was going to ask you guys that very thing, uh, Bubba. I know Matt, you said it. Bubba, you said it. Is uh, guys, the it's it's frustrating. How many layups we missed tonight, and um, you finish a few more of those. And obviously, uh, Matt, you remember there was a a time where you know we're down like four. That would have cut the game to two. Instead, uh, they go down, they make a bucket. Like it's it's a four point swing. The two that we don't make and the two that they make, and that kind of stuff is that it's it's razor thin. You were talking about. You made a great point too, by the way of uh, we had that trouble on the football on the gridiron guys finding a way to win ball games and and we're finding that rolling over to basketball in that we're so close we're so close to winning basketball games and especially uh, I was hoping to be able to talk guys about this being the first road victory we haven't really played the second game we've played on the road but we played much better tonight than we did again the first road game against George Mason yeah and I think you know, to your point, Dave, about, you know, a lot of the missed layups and missed shots at the rim, Florida's length had a lot to do with that because they are a long team. They have a lot of size. Um, they were obviously much, you know, the much bigger team. Um, I think they gave us a lot of pro- problems at the rim tonight. Um, but some of those we should have finished, you know, and we just we just couldn't make those plays. But, um you know, all, all in all, when, when you think about the, the disparity in size, right? Um, you know, I, I thought our guys did did a did a pretty good job, but um, just couldn't couldn't quite finish. And then, you know, I thought I thought Felton, um, I thought down the stretch a little bit. I thought he was kind of forcing some things um, instead of you know instead of kind of letting the game come to him uh, right. and and being patient. Right. I thought he started to force some things a little bit there. And another a, another area that Florida really had the edge was fast break points and Gators are excellent in transition and some ill-advised shots, some some live ball turnovers, and um and that led to Florida having a 20 to 4 edge in fast break points. Um and 
And then um, that was something that, you know, throughout the game, just like, it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like some uh, sometimes, like, be it the long rebound or, uh, you know, silly pass, even though we we had 12 turnovers, which is not terrible. It's not, it's not a bad number. Yes. It, it, but the ones that we had were killers. And, right. um, and so it's just, hopefully it's, we'll clean that up. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kyle made a great point earlier in the show. Uh, the two games we have left, Delaware State on Wednesday night, um, and then uh, we have the holiday break with Christmas. We come back on Friday the 29th at 7 um, and, and Menji's with uh, East Tennessee State. So Delaware State, East Tennessee State, we got to get those are two must wins, especially when uh, we're we're stuck on win- six. We, we have six wins and we need uh, we need a big victory that would put us up to eight and five on the um yeah, eight and five for the non-conference. And yeah, then you have a conference play with Florida Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, another good point there. So you, we got to get as many many wins. And historically, guys, we're pretty bad in the conference uh, with with conference play. So uh, I don't think that'll be the case this year. But uh, every win you can get at home at Menji's is, is huge. Yeah, the tallest task in league play uh, right out of the gate. But, um, but yeah, tonight, a couple other th- points, like, or as far as what Matt was mentioning concerning the size differential in Florida having this the significant advantage there. Uh, you saw Sear Malonga get the start, and Sear did some nice things uh, tonight. He, he had the follow dunk, uh, also, I think, had. Yeah, one other basket in 13 minutes, four points and three rebounds for Sear. And I was encouraged with the way he battled in there with the Florida Bigs. And then um, and then also there in the second half after we had gotten killed in the paint um, in the first 20 minutes, um, you saw Brandon Johnson playing in front of uh, – playing in front of Tyree Samuel for Florida – and we had some success with that. He was he was able to to, to deflect some passes and um, and that led to some opportunities for the Pirates. Yeah, I thought I think we're doing defensively. We're we're doing a really good job um, trapping. I think I think the trapping we're doing is really helping. Like if you look what we were doing tonight, we were trying to when guys had the ball on the wing. When the Florida players had the ball on the wing, we were playing them um, so that they would try to put the ball on the floor and go um, uh, to the sideline, towards the sideline where the trap would come. And I thought that gave them some problems tonight. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, considering the size differential, I mean, I thought the guys battled pretty hard. It's just we got to find a way to not give up those offensive rebounds. I think that's one of the Achilles heel for this team is that we just give up too many offensive rebounds, yeah. second chance, second chance baskets. I mean, yeah, twenty-one offensive rebounds for the Gators tonight. Fifty overall, fifty-one rebounds to thirty-two. I mean, nineteen rebounds difference. I mean, that's that really, you know, that says a lot. And, and no, a, no offensive rebound bigger than the one there in the final yeah, minutes. The dunk by uh, by by Samuel. Oh my God, yeah. We we were down. 67 65 20 seconds yeah. 20 seconds left and 
Tyrese Samuel gets the rebound and dunks it. And then we came down and had the ill-advised shot coming out of the timeout when we tried to run the, the pick and pop three off the right wing to, to Brandon Johnson. But uh, very quickly, guys, I know before too long we'll be getting out of here, maybe transition over and discussing a little football uh, in addition to, to what lies ahead for the Pirates and Hoops. But uh, I'll run over the box score. It is now available on ESPN. Uh, Ezra Saar in 28 minutes, 14 points, three rebounds, five, five out of 11 from the floor. Brandon Johnson had a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds, three out of five from beyond the arc. Uh, the only negative was that we, we didn't get him enough shot attempts. Um, Sir Malanga, as I mentioned, four points, three rebounds in 13 minutes. R.J. Felton, 14 points, seven rebounds, so another solid performance by R.J. But uh, as Matt mentioned, uh, I'm sure at least a couple shots that R.J. would have liked to have had back down the stretch. And then uh, another solid outing by Bobby Pettiford, 11 points and five assists. <clears throat> I think he may have also had four steals, if I'm not mistaken. And then um, – and Bobby Pettiford was five out of eight from the floor. And here's hoping that he's okay with what appeared to be maybe a, maybe a knee injury. But, yeah. Uh, was it a knee, Bobby, or, or is that or maybe, maybe, it was a, maybe, maybe it was an ankle. I, I was mixing, and then you had Ezra also that was hobbled. Yeah, I was wondering of that very thing of um... – Maybe it was an ankle with Pettiford. How much time uh, not having Pettiford in the in the not making well, wasn't, excuses? Wasn't, wasn't Pettiford? Didn't he have some hamstring problems early in the season? Yeah, he yeah he had that scar tissue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wondered the if injury that's what at it was. Kansas. Maybe that was it. Yeah, but and we shall see. Um, and I, then I Camp hope he's not hurt though, because he, he he's a huge been, piece. He you know he he surprised me with his ability to run the point. He's, he's so under control. Like, he's really impressed me. He, he doesn't force things. Yeah, he's, you know, he's under control. He, he runs the offense, Kyle, he, and then he gets a grit when he needs to. He can really take it to the basket hard. I mean, he's, he's – I just hope he's not hurt. Well, Kyle, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What were you going to say? Oh, I just said he's good. I was just agreeing yeah, with him. Yeah, he's yeah. – he's, Reminds he's, me of a lot for, uh, you know, longtime Pirate fans that were around – I say long time, you know – Folks that were following Pirate basketball back 15-plus years ago or, or so uh, with Brock Young. Right? Yeah. He, he remind, reminds me some of Brock Young. He's stronger than Brock in the – a little more physical perhaps, but um, but some of his game and just the way he takes command. Um, you know, he's a true point guard in every sense of the word, has a feel for it, as Matt says, knows when to – to push it and know, knows when to um, to back things out and, and run the half-court sets. But uh, you have Cam Hayes. When I heard that he was going to play tonight, I thought we'd probably see him, you know, 12 to 15 minutes. Cam Hayes, 25 minutes. No, um, not a good game from a statistical standpoint, just one out of nine. Um, the good news is that you could tell Cam's been there before, no hesitation whatsoever to take shots despite having – Gone, I probably 0 for 7 up to that point there with three minutes left. When we were down, I want to say three or four points, he knocked down a big jump shot from just beyond the the uh, free throw line. 
and then obviously uh obviously um he's gonna do nothing but get better um, just fingers crossed that he'll be able to to continue to play beyond that delaware state game and then you had Jaden walker in 24 minutes off the bench not knocked down a pair of threes uh and finished with eight points and two rebounds uh so there you have the numbers uh quentin debouge tonight uh I was going to ask about him. Yeah, only five minutes for Quentin. That's certainly a season low, and he did not score in those five minutes. Yeah, he hasn't, uh, Matt, he hasn't looked good in the last, uh, I hate to say that because it's a college player, but he hasn't looked like himself the last two or three games. I don't know, maybe it's just me, Um, but we'll see how, uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think he's still finding his way. I mean, he, he's he's inconsistent with his perimeter shooting. I think at this stage, like he, he he's kind of he kind of struggles from behind the arc yeah. a little bit. I think I he's his his natural game is he's a slasher. You know, he's a slasher type where you know you you want to get him to the rim a little bit and uh, finish at the rim. Um, but uh, I think I think he's got ability, but it's it's not quite there yet. Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of potential. And then no, uh, no. speaking of trying to finish at the rim, Jaden Walker that time on the on the break tried to tried to throw one down, and um, the big freshman Condon, um, oh man, that kid blocked, is... blocked it for Florida. And <laughs> love to have him, huh? And and for the Gators, um, Walter Clayton Jr., the Iona transfer, opting to to come home to the state of Florida. Uh, I think from right there. I don't know if he's either from Lakeland or not too far from Lakeland. The announcers tonight on the SEC Network referenced it. And I'm just saying that, yeah, he opted to do that as opposed to going to St. John's and playing for Rick Pitino as he had at Iona. But uh, Walter Clayton Jr. finished with 22 points, and 20 of those came in the first, what, 14 minutes of the game or something? Yeah, yeah, he was the only player – at halftime, he was the only player for both teams in double figures. So, and he, he led the Gators with those twenty-two points. And then also for Florida, you had um, Tyree Samuel, who had um, the the big putback dunk there. And uh, in the final twenty seconds, he he finished with eleven and seven. You had Richard with ten and seven, and then. Pulling uh, one of their talented guards and had a, had eleven and four. Uh, Condon that I referenced that had the big block on Jaden Walker had had eight points and twelve rebounds. Yeah, well, it's um, do we uh, do we want to? Uh, I don't know how much time we got here, guys. Uh, do we want to talk about the, uh, the football staff hires? Yes, that was part of the plan tonight. Is uh, both uh, we know now. Our tight ends coach, and we have a running back coach, right, Bubba? Yeah, we do. Um, obviously, uh, coming up from Ole Miss, um, and like Kyle referenced earlier, and, and not surprised to, to see John David Baker going with someone he's familiar with, um, and that being Hunter McKay. Uh, he was on the staff at Ole Miss. I believe he had been a GA there, per, perhaps um, an analyst, right? An analyst at some point as well. But uh, Hunter McKay will be joining 
the ECU offensive staff from coaching the tight ends. Yeah, so, and also Rodney Freeman, um, by the way, has the ties to uh, – he's a little bit older than JDB, but he has the ties to Abilene Christian. I think he graduated in 2009, a few years ahead of uh, JDB. So, yeah, the running backs coach was a good hire. Uh, where, where did yeah. he come from? Utah State, right? Yes, correct. That's right. And uh, okay, I'd seen that speculation. When uh, when, when was that uh, – when did that break and become official? I, I missed lunch, that. Like it was like Pirate, Radio. Pirate Radio posted it earlier today. Yeah, okay. it's lunchtime. I can't remember exactly, but lunchtime right at thereafter. So yeah, uh, yeah the, the um the uh so the running backs coach, uh very good hire there. Um what is his name again? Rodney Freeman the second. Rodney Freeman, yeah. Yeah, Freeman uh, comes over from Utah State, uh where their running game was really good this year and um he, uh, they, they, these guys, you know, and if you look at, at the offense Blake Harrell runs, it is very similar to the offense that, um, Blake Anderson. Who did I say, Blake Harrell? The offense that Blake Anderson runs at Utah State is very similar to stuff for Trail's offense, right? Which, uh, which JDB coached in. So, um, it, it's all about speed and, and tempo. So, uh, he's fit, he's hiring guys that fit in. With, with what he wants to do. So I like the staff he, that we're putting together on offense. Now we just got to get some pieces to play with. Yeah, and by the way, uh, guys, uh, another thing that uh, that I like is with JDB is the they vary the tempo. There will be times when they run the tempo, like the tempo is up-tempo, and then they can kind of slow it down a little bit. And just when you think that you got it figured out, then the, they, they switch the tempos and that really keeps the defense honest. I'm just really – I've been really impressed. The more that I read about John David Baker, the more, you know, and I told everybody, hey, I would like to have Chad Morris. But I think that uh, JDB has the potential to be a home run. And if you're Mike Houston and you're 2-10, and 10, you got to swing for the fences. Yeah, and, and the, the Michigan State kid is visiting this weekend. Um, you know, he started the last seven games for them, a quarterback, put up decent numbers. On a very bad football team, um, a lot, a lot of times when you when you first read about Hauser, you'll see him listed as Michigan State's backup. He was to start the season, but he started the last seven games. The the starter got benched. The starter got benched, and uh, he's the one that just signed with Coastal. So, um, I, uh, I, Hunter, um, or not Hunter, but Hauser. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get him. I, I think it would be a good choice. Do, do guys, Bubba, Dave, uh, Matt, do you guys think we could we could get Hauser and Keys? I mean, that would that's be my a hope. Great, that's my hope. hope the, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. I, I mean, I think it's possible. I, I, I. You didn't I, like I, you didn't like what you saw, did you last night, Matt? I wasn't overly impressed with Keys last night, you know, but I think his team was severely outmatched. Um, this is the junior college national championship we're referring to. Right. Um, I actually, to be honest, I actually like the quarterback. I was, I was saying to Bubba, I like the quarterback better from, uh, what was it? Western Iowa. Is that who it was Bubba? I can't even remember who, who, who's the other team that won. I'm not big on the junior college teams, but anyway, hey, I, I, I was know. more impressed with the, with the other teams quarterback, but, um, I would give him a look, but, uh, yeah, I think Hauser, he, Hauser is the, He's the first yeah. domino that needs to fall. If you can get him, all right, if you can get him this weekend to commit, 
now you maybe you can solidify those wide receiver commitments. Now maybe you can solidify an right. offensive tackle. People start to get excited. But man, how great would you guys feel coming out of this weekend if you if you had his commitment? Oh, that'd be great. I'm gonna, we got to get the NAL money together. I don't know what kind of offer we're getting together on the table. Um, hopefully, uh, we got some young ladies that are uh, paying him some attention this weekend. We need to pull out, oh, you laugh. I'm being serious. I know you are. I've laughed you because you're telling the truth. Pull out all the stops from, 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 from cash and chicks. Just, just, uh, you know, I give them a limousine, ride them around town. I mean, at this point, you just do whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, there is no, it's a wild, wild west. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, so, uh, make him feel welcome. Show him a good time in Greenville, show him the money. Um, I don't know where else he has planned to visit, but uh, if we could get him to commit this weekend, um, that would be humongous. I, I make a prediction. I will say tomorrow by tomorrow night, we'll, he'll we'll sign him. Uh, you, are you basing that on anything? I haven't heard anything. Although, um, he, his parents came, um, I think that's a good sign. There's just little pieces to the puzzle. I'm trying to. I know that it may be a stretch to put together. It could be. A, it could be that the NIL deal has already been put together, and that's what got him here. So now he's going to see if he wants to be here. And Bubba had said that he tweeted out a pirate flag, right, Bubba? Am I wrong? Yeah, he did. That? He did. I saw that. Yeah, earlier um, tonight. Yeah, he he tweeted out the the Jolly Roger emoji. Uh, a little bit more. A little bit more about our new running back coach, Rodney Freeman. And Kyle referenced his his time this year, uh, his lone season on Blake Anderson's staff at Utah State. Um, prior to that, in 2022, he, he was an offensive analyst um, for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Uh, and prior to joining the Spartans, interesting. Yeah, uh, prior prior to joining the Spartans, he was um, an OC at the D2 level for Colorado Mesa. So. Uh, yeah, that was. I, I thought that that was interesting to see that he had been an OC in the past, uh, and so our line coach. He was OC at McNeese, I believe at McNeese at one point. Yeah, yeah, he's been. That's and then, right. uh, and then, as Kyle mentioned, uh, Utah State uh, was very effective running the ball this year. In addition to to just being a solid all around offense averaging nearly 450 yards per game and then running for uh, more than 185 yards per game. And it's all about tempo. So, again, it fits exactly what he wants to do. Hey, uh, Matt, by the way, and Bubba and Kyle, with our schedule next year, uh, with the pieces that we've already had as far as assembling at coaching, uh, I know we've got to get the dudes now, but don't you guys feel like we can uh, have a winning season and go back bowling? It's going to depend on what we can get on offense. I mean, um, right now, no. not no, We can have the greatest coaches in the world. We don't have anything on offense to win with. Um, so, uh, if, if we get the pieces, absolutely. The schedule sets up nicely. Um, if we keep Blake Harrell and the defense together. Um, if we, we made get, another day. If we can get Hauser or another quality quarterback, um, and we can get a couple good receivers and quite a few offensive linemen. Um, yeah. Then, yeah, definitely we uh, we should be bowling next year. I mean, uh, the schedule's manageable. Um, you know, it's it's um, 
I won't call it easy. A lot of people say it's easy. You know, Liberty Liberty is in a New Year's Six Bowl. Appalachian State played for the Sun Belt Championship. So I won't call it easy. Old Dominion's in a bowl game. And, and then you got the conference schedule, though. Uh, I do like – I like our schedule next year. I actually – I mean, well, that's a topic for a different day, but just talk about our schedule for next year as a whole. But, yeah, to answer your question, Dave, um, yes, we we definitely have the coach. We're putting together a good offensive coaching staff that if they can get the pieces in place, right? That yes, we, we, we should be able to turn it around next year and go to a bowl. Yeah, and we haven't talked real quick, uh, guys. Speaking of the schedule, uh, what did you guys think about? I know that it would be great uh, if we could meet Matt Semenza up in uh, up at West Point as uh, they announced the schedule for absolutely opponents. Uh, I really, I really want to go to that game. I, I, have I a lot do of too. I do too. Particularly if it's in October, I'd love to go to West Point. Guys, it is a beautiful place to visit in October. You played there, um, didn't you, Matt? I did. Yeah, many years ago. Yeah. And, uh, Really, really cool stadium too. You know, you have the uh, the cadets, and you know it's it's a it's a it's a great environment, and it's it is a perfect fall destination on the Hudson River. Uh, it's in it's in the mountains a little bit, and uh, Mikey Stadium. Yeah, yeah, really really cool. But I would I would definitely recommend it if you guys can uh, make the trip. How how far is that? That's upstate New York, right? Is that from here or from him? Well, I mean, for well, both these you're what a couple eight, hours eight, away, eight, about eight and a half hour, eight, eight, eight and a half hour drive if traffic's right from here. Um, and then Matt can tell you how far it is from him. I would, I, I will guess two, two and a half. half. It's maybe two hours from me. I, I, and you know, I wouldn't even classify it as upstate, I would say it's you know, okay. Um, it's about an I, I, hour and 15 outside of Manhattan. Oh, so is it's that not close? that far. Yeah, it's not like up near like oh, okay. or anything like that. It's right, right, right. I knew it wasn't there, but yeah, I didn't know it. But I didn't know it was that close to um to New York State, uh, New York City, rather. Yeah, but one thing I wanted to say, guys, looking back to Hauser, like I was kind of, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of these recruits, and like I'm guessing, I'm just, I'm speculating, but I'm guessing he didn't know a lot about East Carolina, you know, and the thing that we have. That, you know, as a program, one of our best selling points is the town of Greenville and the environment Mm -hmm. and the fact that this is a pure college town. And and I'm guessing when he got here with his parents, he probably didn't really know what to expect. And all of a sudden he gets into Greenville. He's like, man, this is this is a college town. And then he gets to the stadium and he's like, hey, we have have a beautiful stadium, you know, and and I think he's from California. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. So, but my point is, you know, this is one of our best selling points. You get people in Greenville, you show them the college environment right. that we have. And I, if, you know, the, the key with him is just if he leaves here without committing, that would make me very concerned. You're probably not going to get him. So you got to get that commitment while he's here. Exactly. This is an impressive place and you got to, you got to, you got to use what you have uh, as far as selling points. And I was glad to see Jared Plummer in the Ed ECU Jungle account on X uh, posting uh, at Kate and Hauser uh, a clip from last year's NC State game. It was when Holton had connected with C.J. Johnson for that touchdown pass, the first touchdown of the game, um, going toward the boneyard and the crowd just going nuts. So, uh, yeah, 
well done by Jared there, uh, letting letting uh, Caton see the the atmosphere at Dowdy Fickler. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at right now with the schedule um, for next year. You take that offense uh, for JDB and company, and then you have Blake Harrell on defense. The defense is pretty mad. We haven't lost anybody else. It's basically two starters, right? Off the top of my head. Correct. And uh, every day, uh, hey, hey, Matt, this is like a tournament with Blake Harrell on the defense. I'm going to call it Survive in Advance. We've made it another day. It's December 13th, uh, 14th, rather. And we have <laughs> December 14th that we still have them intact. Um, so pretty much. So I'm excited about that. If we, we can somehow, some way uh, keep that, then we'll be we'll be golden. Hey, and get this, some degenerate named Pirate Ghost on HTC wants to know if Hauser's mom is hot. If Hauser's mom is hot? Who yeah. Knows Pirate Go- oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Pirate Ghost is trash. Is <laughs> Hauser's mom hot? I mean, what kind of trash would write something like that? Some, <laughs> some, some milf and weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't want to say the name of that song because Bubba get mad at me. <laughs> Remember the song Stacy's Mom has got it going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great song. Uh, Bubba will get mad at you because he hates that band. Okay. Uh, but <clears throat> three, literally, um, with next year, with the schedule, with uh, I, I do believe they're going to be great talent in uh, with the O-line coach. Um, my understanding, he's, uh, by the way, Matt, uh, the O-line coach is supposed to be really, really good at recruiting. So um, I, I want you to put a watch there on the O-line coach about because you give uh, straight-up cred uh, when it comes to talent evaluation and watching film on the O-line because uh, tell me again how many you want. Is it five? Five to seven O-linemen? Five, five minimum for me. I, I would like yeah. to see seven or eight guys. No doubt. All right, guys, do you have anything? I know we've got a couple minutes left of the uh, uh just, just briefly touch on um schedule changes. Um we uh we decided we didn't want to play Boise State because um well, why would you want national exposure playing the likes of Boise State? It's just idiotic to do something like that. Uh, you know, um so uh we're not gonna play Boise State anymore. I hear we're gonna replace right. them with Delaware. Delaware's moving up to FBS, so uh, that's probably the plan to replace them with Delaware, maybe Kennesaw, um, perhaps School for the Blind. Uh, one of those three will probably be who we'll replace Boise with. And then um, – Coastal you know, Carolina. I know it's going to be Coastal Carolina. I'm being a smart ass. I know. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, and then uh, the Marshall game for 25. That really hurts. Was canceled. Um, that was our choice. Um, it was at Marshall. So I, don't, I don't know that it really hurt us. We made the choice. Um we we played BYU and NC State that year. Uh, I thought they didn't want to play that game though, didn't they? The the AD for basically what it is the AD the AD for who didn't want to play what game? Marshall the Marshall AD. Well, then, Marshall Marshall um, owed us a game in Greenville, and we owed them a game. Correct, and so the game's not being played. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they give us a road game for twenty five. Um, you know. Uh, now, if, 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 you know, there's some speculation that we may play a neutral site game with South Carolina. Uh, if we drop that Marshall game to play that neutral site game with South Carolina in 25, then it's complete genius. Uh, 
Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who we replace Marshall with in 25. Yeah. So basically, um, Matt, listen to me, Kyle, um, I heard that, I don't know if you guys heard this, but I heard that the the situation with Marshall is they had to drop East Carolina because they need money for the athletic department, and they're, they're, they're replacing the two East Carolina games with bye games. That's what I was told, I heard. Yeah, that's, no what, that's what John Gilbert said in the in the interview. I mean, he said, that, "Okay, he did it." Okay, yeah, he said that that they needed a buy game. So, what are we going to do to replace? What's the plan to replace the Marshall game? We'll I have mean, another FCS opponent. <laughs> we well, can no, we can't. We, we can't play two FCS opponents. I, I, I'm, jo- I, I'm joking. So, will we do a buy game? Are we going to look for a home and home? I mean, you know, uh, we, we we play NC State BYU that year, so we we really don't need another tough opponent. So, you know, could somebody like Delaware that's just moving up be be uh, somebody we, we try to do a home and home with? Uh, you know, um, I, I uh, NC State and BYU to me is, you know, w- with the new playoff format, who knows how good it will be in 25. But if you got BYU and NC State on the schedule, I, I wouldn't schedule a tough game. Uh, you're out of the Marshall game now for whatever reason. Um, you know, unless you can get like a neutral site game with South Carolina, if any of those rumors are true. Um, I would, I would schedule a, um, yeah, in Charlotte, I, I would schedule a Delaware or somebody like that. Just, just moving up to FBS because I have, like I said, we already have, um, NC state yeah. and, and BYU on the schedule. Yeah. I, in that particular case, I would have no problems with that. In fact, you know, you make that great point, Kyle, is that we need to do everything we can, uh, well, at Liberty is the example this year. Um, yeah, horrible schedule. They went unfeeding there in the New Year Six. If that's what it means, then I, I'm all for it. I mean, um, because we know the we know the eight opponents we're going to be playing um, with a conference. So, yeah, no doubt. And, and that's uh, why I understand that it's a, a lot of the the fans that are complaining. You know, not the not the coaches and players, but that's that's what I'm been saying that's my response i understand where people are coming from as far as the schedule because um well the byu the, the boise thing bothered me more than the uh more than the marshall thing because we play nc state and byu already that year i right. mean I, yeah i was talking more specifically just as far as next year's schedule is concerned uh, and because my response has been yeah i understand where you're coming from but the fact is you know that obviously app state and to a lesser degree here recently, Liberty, um, that they, they've been obviously significantly better than, than we have. And what we need to do is just take care of business on the field and, and start you know, winning 9, 10, 11 games or more, and, uh, and then we'll have a leg of the stand on. Well, Liberty, last time I checked, is, is playing in the New Year's Six. App State plays for the Sun Belt Championship. And right. ODU is in a bowl game. Uh, meanwhile, that's we're two and ten. Yeah, that's... so uh, I'm not defending the schedule. And far as the home schedule for next year goes, so some people bitching about it. I actually think the home schedule next year is better than this year. Uh, App good. State, App State is certainly more appealing than Marshall. Um, I much rather play Temple and Navy than pretty much any other teams in this league, uh, just because of your regionality and history. History, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't necessarily mind next year's home. State. And how about UTSA? Yeah, always a good draw. Who's UTSA that? is a good one. I think Nate Navy's always a good draw for Navy us. is a good draw. So is App. So that yeah. that those should both be well attended yeah. games. 
Um, you know, I, I would think Temple could potentially be well attended. Um, you know, Florida Atlantic, we just beat this year. UTSA coming to town, they, they lost yeah. a lot. I, I Next year's schedule overall sets up nicely if we have the pieces in place for us to have a bounce back year. Oh, yeah, whatever whatever seats we're not – we're not buying next year for that app state game. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility you know, for, for them to, to bring seven or 8,000 or something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We got to, and, and that was my, by the way, guys, um, that was my point as far as the Boise state thing. Okay. So you have Boise state and, and Matt, we were talking about this in our group chat. Um, we are, We've got to have our leadership. I just want to say this really fast and move on because we're at an hour right now. Um, we have to have our leadership to believe that we are a national brand. I agree with the, we can't be flying all over the place and spending a lot of money. I get all that. Regional games are great because we can drive to Liberty. We can drive to ODU. The Charlotte game for us, the Eastern North Carolina, is only about a four-hour drive. I have no issues with that. But what I do have an issue with is this small-time thinking over and over and over again. The Boise State makes no sense that we should cancel that. And you look at it, Boise State, if you have Boise State on the schedule, people are going to come to that game. Now, is it going to be a sellout? Absolutely not. I don't see it being a sellout because – they're not going to bring a million fans from Boise, Idaho. I get that. And I don't know how many Boise graduates are um, nearby. But I will tell you that when you see... It's a good ESPN game. Yeah, you see ECU, Boise State, two of the best group of five teams football-wise going head-to-head. Historically. That's what... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's what... I don't mean right now. I don't mean right now. But as far as programs are concerned. That's a good matchup, and I and, and you know Kyle, we've talked about this m- numerous times. As much as we beat up Comfer, he does a better job. I got to give him the edge as far as scheduling over yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say about the you know if we are really going to replace him with Coastal, um, I, I can live with that. Coastal's I have no issue. Yeah. Coastal's been red hot. Um. If they continue that red hot trajectory, I would imagine that game will draw well in Greenville. So and we um, get to go to and we get to go to Myrtle Beach. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. If we could just you know be you know I, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, bowl game in Myrtle Beach, two bowl games in Charlotte this year. Um, you, you got Syracuse down in like a secondary American Bowl taking on U- USF. <laughs> you got Virginia Tech in the Military Bowl, and we ain't friggin' bowl eligible. I mean, come on, we could be playing. An ACC school or be playing in Charlotte or Myrtle Beach, and instead we're just yeah, it's irritating. You know, it hurts guys. It hurts. I would love to have been a fly on the wall and know how that conversation went down between when apparently Boise approached John Gilbert to Correct. cancel that series, and I, and I know things have changed on their end with obviously the situation with the Pac-12, and that you know they have some some new challenges on their end. But listen, I. <laughs> I'm sorry if if Boise if I'm the athletic director for East Carolina and say. Boise approaches me and says, "Listen, we've had some things change on our end. We have some conflicts. We need to cancel this series." I there is no way. I'm not here to be friends with Boise's athletic director. I'm here well, to look out for East Carolina. Well, I'll and tell you the real reason why. I would have said there's no chance. I would have said no. Forget oh, it, Matt. You're missing. You're missing the root. What's really going to happen? 
the real reason we're canceling it. When the when the new when the new Pac twenty is formed, you know, we're gonna be in the same conference with Boise. So that that's the real well, reason it was canceled. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. I love it. I love it. I was wondering where you were going with that. But I hope you're right. I mean that's what it's all about. That's the real reason I mean, it's canceled. The, but like don't don't you guys agree with me though? Like yeah. you you can't just cave in and just say, Oh yeah, sure. No I don't think Gilbert wanted to play the damn game anyway. I think he I think he loves he regional not. games and he doesn't see the advantage of playing Boise ever coastal. I think he sees it as an even trade. You know what? You maybe can't argue now it is an even trade. A few years ago, obviously it wasn't. Historically it's not. Boise's a, a name brand and and you know, will Boise raise their game back up to that level where they are where they were, you know, five to five, ten, twelve years ago? Um you know, if they don't, if they kind of stay where they are as a, as a, you know, an eight, nine win type football team and, and Coastal kind of keeps their upward trajectory, trajectory, then you, you can argue that it, that it really, you know, it, you're not gaining anything by playing Boise over Coastal. But it's certainly on paper, um, Boise is a, a much bigger name brand. Um, but I, in recent years, Coastal has been just as good as Boise. Yeah. I don't have a. I'll go ahead, Dave. I was just gonna make a quick point. I don't have a problem. This is the thing. To me, it's not an either or. And I know what you're saying, Kyle. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. My thing is the coastal situation. We definitely need to be playing coastal Carolina. I think it makes perfect sense to play coastal Carolina. So it's not like that. I think they're a dud as far as putting them on the schedule. But why do you have to make it either or conversation when Matt? You're absolutely right. You are getting paid $500,000 a year as the athletic director for East Carolina University. And, you know, I'm sorry, but it's not about burning bridges. It's about you're spo- the reason why you get paid the big bucks is to represent East Carolina. And you're looking at scheduling. And that's in the athletic director is the one that schedules football games. It's not like a basketball coach or. Uh-huh. Look at Cliff Godwin. Mike Schwartz is doing an awesome job. Kim McNeil getting South Carolina to come in on December 30th for a lunch game. I mean, we've got our coaches are making good decisions on on scheduling, but our football schedule, you know, and, and Gilbert is right to a certain extent on it is getting harder to do the P5 schools coming to Greenville. But at the same time, don't you guys believe in all your hearts that East Carolina, we always have to be creative and innovative. I'm going to, in the 90s, I would say no to this, to what I'm getting ready to say. But I think you have to do a two-for-one right now. Oh, uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on who's with, absolutely. Like if it's, yeah. a, it's a Clemson, if it's Clemson or, I mean, they're not coming, but uh, South Carolina. There's I certain, think yeah, South Carolina, Mississippi State, uh, right. even, even somebody like Vanderbilt, I'd do a two-for-one with. I'm, yeah. I have no problems with that. Final thing, and I know Bubba wants to chime in on this, but final thing on the Boise, just one one last thought on that is like, I think it was a tremendous success when we went out west last year against BYU. Yeah, we got into a different time zone. We got exposure to a different audience. Yes, you know why wouldn't you want to capitalize on that? And you know what? Like people make so much out of oh, it's a long flight across country. It's one trip. Give Thank me, you. give me a break. It's a modern airplane. Take a nap for five hours. Was it 400 miles watch an hour? Watch a movie. Like people make – it's it's just amazing to me the things that people make a big deal out of. I, I guess 
that's the last thing I want to say on it, but I just disagree with John Gilbert's decision. I would have pushed back on the Boise AD, and I would have simply said no. You're going to play the damn game. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. No, you're good. The, the, the thing that's kind of stuck in my crawl as far as the whole two-for-one rationale and, you know, why John Gilbert wasn't crazy about doing it is just – just the way he presented it as far as, well, you know, you, you have to, you're on the road at their place twice and you're probably going to be a sizable underdog. Well, well, guess what? I mean, I mean, look at our underdog here. So what if you're an underdog, if you're a sizable underdog, I mean, we're not talking about, we weren't talking about doing a two for one with Michigan. I mean, we're talking about a two for one with, people that we expect to be competitive against i mean it's not indiana right. yeah exactly i think you got to be kidding me i was like <laughs> so, so 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 what if you go to their place and you're a 10 point or a 14 point underdog and that, Matt, that, doesn't, you, that doesn't determine the outcome of the game Matt, well, what, you, and what is the damn difference in doing a two for one for, with somebody and getting a home game out of it than doing two buy games you're going to be you're going to be underdogs with both those, and you're not going to get a home game out of it. I, I don't. He, Gilbert's problem is, is he does not understand who we are or what we are, right? And and he doesn't seem to care to. And he's been here long enough where if he ain't if he ain't got it by now, he ain't never gonna get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my Kyle right now. I'm gonna steal your line, so I'm gonna give you uh, kudos and props. You know the problem with Gilbert, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you straight up, and I'll tell oh, him. I just told you. No, I know, but I'm, I'm going to add to what you were saying. Welfare? I'm, do what? Oh, go ahead. No, the problem with Gilbert is he's got the SEC stank. Is that what you say, Kyle? That's I the problem. Pro- I Gilbert. probably have said that. I'm... No, you said it with different people, but not about Gilbert. But the SEC stank, bias, whatever you want to say, look, no, we're not Alabama. No, I get it. You've worked at Tennessee. I have no issues with that. I think it's fantastic. But you've got to understand that East Carolina – we are basically, if you want to be honest and objective, like the name of our show, we are a bubble team for the P5. We are. We are right there neck and neck. We need leaders to be creative, innovative, um, scheduling. And I get that scheduling's hard, but at the same time, it's not like it's rocket science. I mean, you know, like you pick up the damn phone and you call like uh, Matt. I was going to give you a perfect example for Matt, Okay. Because I'm looking out for my buddy who, who he wants to go to more games with East Carolina. Let's do a home and home. I got a great idea. Let's do a home and home with Rutgers. Rutgers. Well, is what I want to know is, you know, and I, and I know Coastal's coming up. Well, if we're dropping home and home with Boise because it's too far away, and now we're dropping home and home with Marshall because they need a buy game. Well, who in the French front? <laughs> who are we supposed to be playing? If we're not going to play Boise, we're not going to play Marshall. Who are we going to play? Bethune Cookman? I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 that's 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 what I don't get. I mean, it, the Boise thing, you know. Okay, well, if we're going to replace them with Coastal, all right, fine. But you know, it's just when you, when you announce on one day, well, we're dropping Boise and we're dropping Marshall. But we, hey, we got this home game with Campbell. That don't look good, you athletic department dumbasses. And I know you're already <laughs> mad at me and don't like me, but God the mighty, you announce on the same day. Look, just use some common sense here, people. You announce on the same day. We're dropping yeah. Boise and we're dropping Marshall. But, hey, we got a home game with Campbell. Well, that's going to excite the fan base. 
That's going to get them fired up. God mighty, use some common sense. Damn, At least when you're going to make things problem? public, have some. How about could you not wait? Could you not get in a room and get a discussion together? Could could we not wait in, in, until the coastal thing was official to announce that we're dropping the Boise series? So you know, hey, we're dropping Boise because Boise don't want to play us, but we got this home and home with Coastal. Well, you 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 announced that we're dropping Boise and Marshall, but hey, we got added a home game with Campbell. I mean, my God, what what Campbell? What yeah, is that? Is that the level we're at now? I mean, seriously, like th- this conference we're in is significant. This is this is that was another thing I was going to go ahead, Matt. Cool. I was going to add I mean, to that. We've essentially dropped down to a. Uh, a lesser conference we have i mean that's just the reality of it not not by choice but with all this conference usa basically yeah i mean i mean this is not a good conference anymore and and so you know but but then you go out and you drop marshall you drop boise and oh but we got to kyle's point we got campbell nobody cares about campbell i'm sorry nobody cares right in our and this isn't baseball. This isn't baseball. And basketball and baseball is the only thing we care about with Campbell. I mean, right. it really that, yeah. we have a history. We have a really good. It's a number. It's a, one of our big rivalries in the state with baseball and basketball over the well, years. They're FCS and football. It doesn't have to be explained. Right. Mean, they're, they're FCS and football. But the bottom line is, look, I just go back to presentation. If, if you if you got a home and home with Coastal coming to replace the Boise thing, can we not wait to announce it once we have that official? So at least you have that. Hey, look, Boise didn't want to play us. It's a long trip anyway. But we got this home and home with Coastal. We think it's just as good, and they'll actually bring fans here. But instead, we announced, hey, we're dropping this and we're dropping that, but we added Campbell. We know the uh, – we would talk about regional rivalries. When you look at – speaking of Conference USA, we have ODU. Um, there's ACC, SEC. ODU's in the Sun Belt. Uh, let us know what I said. You said Conference USA. I meant – I'm sorry. They used to be, yeah, Sun Belt. I was getting ready. Yeah, Sun Belt, um, Conference, USA, Conference USA, Conference USA, and now USA Delaware uh, is joining, and uh, so but, we we're, we will have multiple regional teams in Conference right. USA. Right, but what I, my point is, there's like the the regional games. Okay, you have that formula, and like Kyle made a point, let's schedule a. To me, um, if you have a weak opponent in in FBS, great, fantastic, regional, fantastic. But there's teams out there, we, Big Ten teams, SEC teams, ACC teams that are middle of the pack or the lower part. Um, and, hey, what not, um, speaking of a team that we have history with in the ACC, Syracuse, home and home. There's teams out there that will play us. They are. They will, they will play us. They will play us. They will play us. Yeah, well, to me, like the 25 schedule, and we'll get out of here. If yes. you replace Marshall with, say, Delaware, now you got NC State, BYU. You got two good Power Five schools that are beatable, and then you got an FCS and hopefully an easy FBS, a group of five. Right. And, and to me, that's a perfect schedule: two Power Five opponents that are winnable, an easy group of five, and, and a uh, and an FCS. And Matt, to your point, with uh, you were talking about East Carolina. Um, being a nine, we need to be a, a, a solid nine win uh, team every single year. And and the thing about that, guys, is I said that once before. After you, after we got done with that show and you talked about that, Matt, it got me thinking about the very fact of that means if you're a nine win football team, you're most likely going to be 
uh, in the championship game or fighting for a championship. And that's what we expected East Carolina. So, um, you know, when you're talking about Kyle, we don't want nobody saying that we have to play murders row. Um, for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. Nine, you know, eight, nine, 10 win team is what we want to be on a regular basis. You know, we yeah. got to build back there next year. You know, uh, I, 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 my expectations are just to get back to a bowl game next year, then build from there. I know, uh, some people feel we need to do better than that based on the schedule. I, I think there's a lot of variables to look at for that, but, uh, it all depends on the dudes we get. Like you well, talked I, about I this for a lot sure. of variables on I mean, you. I, you know, I, I know is six and six good enough for next year's schedule. Well, if we start off two and four, and then we win, um, we, you know, straight. we went we went like four straight in the, the season, and the offense suddenly starts clicking. You know, maybe the offense starts off slow, and then you know we win four or five in a row in the year. So, yeah, that's six and six. You definitely aren't going to make a change. Um, so, uh, you know, I know that question wasn't asked; it was just on my mind. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll, 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 a lot of time to talk about football. Bowl games start this weekend. Uh, got a lot to watch with recruiting. But, uh, you know, um, yeah. Well, this year, like we did uh, with Houston coming here, uh, guys, we got to sell hope. And I think the uh, – I feel much better. I don't know about you guys, but my final thought is I feel much better about the football program now than I did, obviously, after the end of the season. So – Based on uh, the hires, yes, but we yeah. got to get we got to we got to get the uh, Jimmys and Joes. Right, right. Just based on right now where we are without the recruiting class as far as high school. Yeah, and one more Juco thing I do want to mention about football, and then I'm done. Um, found it very, very odd, and wondered if it had any connection. Trip Weaver becomes the defensive coordinator at Austin P. Then Mason Garcia transferred to Austin P. I wonder if that was just coincidental, or if there was any connection there. Oh, I'm certain, Kyle, that he. Yeah, he brought him. You know that he 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 uh, he opened their eyes to Mason Garcia, and I, I'm certain that was a direct yeah. result of you're, getting your own your own point there, Kyle. I, yeah, I would definitely uh, think so, Matt. But uh, interesting to see how Mason does at the FCS level if he can uh, if he can be reborn and play quarterback at that level. But I want to look to see what the what Austin P's plans are. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, you know, if they're going to do something maybe perhaps similar to what Jacksonville State does and uh, interested to see how – Who's the head coach over there now? How they on, on, on using Mason. Say that again? Who's the head coach over there now? Uh, they just made a new hire. I'm trying. I'm looking up his name right now. Okay. At one time, I know the um, the guy that was the interim head coach at Southern Miss a couple of years ago was – Jeff – Jeff Ferris. Jeff I don't know Ferris. him. I don't know him. And in just a moment, I'll tell you his background. Uh, Matt, do you have anything while we're Bubba's looking that up before we go? No, I'm all good, fellas. Just a big thing, just final thought on basketball tonight is I just, you know, we played two very competitive games against the SEC this week, had a chance to win both. Just don't take a step backwards from here. Please, yeah. You know, you're playing at a pretty high level. Um, Keep it. At this level, don't take a step backwards and have any bad losses. Who do we play next? Is it Delaware State? Yes. Um, yes. Let's, let's yes. go out. Let's go out in that game and take care of business yeah, and uh, struggle. Make sure you you know you stay at this level. I'll put put this up really quick. Jr. said we went from number two hundred four and Ken Palm to one eighty six after the Florida game. So thank you, Jr. I wanted to make sure 
we gave, gave you credit for that and for our, uh, the viewers and listeners uh, for them to know that. In that next game uh, with Delaware State, the Hornets are uh, six and seven, and that game will be played next Wednesday, December twentieth. Um, looking over their their schedule, let's see um, their their wins came uh, at Grambling State, um, at Bethune Cookman, at Chicago State, at uh, Loyola Maryland, and then a couple of non D one wins. Uh, they, they do prior to playing the Pirates. They travel to Wake Forest next Monday night um, before coming to Greenville on Wednesday. So, yeah, we we need to play up to our potential and not and not and not to our opponents opponents potential and blow them out. Let's do it. No doubt. Need need to come out and uh, and have a substantial win and and carry some momentum into that nine day break. There um, won't play again until December 29th against East Tennessee State. And uh, as far as Jeff Ferris is concerned, he is coming to Austin P from UCLA. He was the Bruins tight ends coach. Okay. Uh, and prior to that, though, he had in 2021, uh, so he had been at UCLA those the last two years. Um, but prior to that, after playing at Duke from 2008 to 2011 as a safety, um, two years as a GA for the Blue Devils, Three years as a wide receiver coach uh, in 2017. He was also uh, he was also had a co-coordinator role. Excuse me, outside receivers coach and tight ends and outside receivers coach um, from 18 to 20, and then 2021 he became co-OC and quarterbacks coach. So, uh, you know, inter- interesting hire there by the governors. And uh, I think he's made a solid hire for his defensive coordinator in Trip Weaver. Trip had, of course, been named the, the defensive coordinator at Western Carolina before opting to return to his alma mater and join Mike Houston's staff. So um, definitely will continue to follow Trip's career uh, as well Great as guy. as well as keep an eye on you know who his replacement's going to be. We've heard of some good names, tremendous possibilities. You know, a couple of former. Um, defensive AC, coordinator, yeah, defensive coordinators in the ACC and a um, former pirate, and, and a former pirate in uh, Damon Magazoo. So, credit to Stephen Igo there reporting that news. And there you yeah, have any of those three, I'd be extremely excited with. And those were three of the five that uh, Stephen Igo mentioned on hoistacolors.net, and uh, obviously, Mags on that staff at UNLV that's just done an unbelievable job, Barry Odom. And company uh, looking to win a tenth game in in the bowl game uh, as they um, I'm trying to remember who they play uh, Kansas. That's right in, in the bowl game there at Chase Field, the the Diamondback Stadium. It's gonna be great uh, to see how things play out. By the way, guys, uh, maybe we'll see if we can do a a show on on Sunday night uh, if there's any kind of uh, news for us. Plus, we've got the bowls that we can be talking about, but. We'll see how that all plays out. I know our schedules are kind of tough um, sometimes for even the four of us to get together, but we'll see how that uh, – that'll be TBA uh, for sure. Yeah, we got, got, we, well, we got to get a Christmas special in sometime between now and, yeah. uh, and Christmas. And, uh, for sure. Madison Christmas carols for us. By the way, yeah, I heard – Maybe we can break down the uh, 
just a quick idea, break down maybe the maybe the top the best Christmas movies, and then okay. in addition to that, best the Christmas worst songs? Christmas songs. The worst. I think hey, worst Christmas way, songs. The worst is more. Oh, oh the worst Christmas about. song is easy. Twelve days of Christmas. That's your worst. Hey, hey by the way, song. how about Most? this for a fact? You know the song by Brenda Lee. Yeah, it, was, it went to number one uh, after sixty yeah. years. Yeah, is that? Can crazy? you believe that, Kyle? I mean, that's oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, and it's the power it's of TikTok song. and songs going viral. But uh, Kyle, when was that song released? I mean, that song uh, in the fifties, late fifties, fifty-seven, fifty-eight. I'll have to look that up. But Brenda Lee was thirteen when it came out, or eleven, or twelve, or two. She's in her seventies now. Yeah, I mean that—that's a pretty remarkable story. Oh, it is. It's a great story. It is. Nineteen fifty. I was right. Nineteen fifty-eight. That will always be a classic. You're right. (laughs) You're 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 right, Johnny Garden. (laughs) Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny joins us uh, (laughs) via satellite sometimes. Rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, so we're gonna do top ten favorite Christmas movies. Are we, are we going to include specials in those, like Rudolph and yes. Frosty? Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. So top ten yeah. favorite Christmas specials movies or movies. And then yeah. top five worst Christmas songs? I got. What about overplayed in there? Because I like the song, but I actually like, I do like the song, but how many times have, have I already heard, I don't know about you guys, but Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, like I hear it over and over and over again. Yeah, screw that song. I don't like that song. But it's not... It's uh, not a bad song. It's yeah, just it, played too much. 12 Days of Christmas is horrible. It's horrible. Not horrible. even the Muppets? You didn't like it when you were a kid? I've always hated it. Because it's stupid. Who wants that crap? Why, <laughs> why are they giving them so many birds? There's a fight. Parched in a pear tree. Two turtle doves. <laughs> Geese are laying. I mean, who wants all these damn birds? <laughs> See, this is when Kyle. See, one of the apparently an app state, apparently an app state fan that's coming after Johnny Gardner. That's who wants all those birds. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that, but okay. That's Ky- a very Kyle good. is at his best when he's Johnny. Playing. Get Johnny gets it because of the the game at Bank oh, of America yeah. two I know years ago. Okay, an app app state fan. I'm trying to remember the comment to to Johnny, and Johnny came back with a double bird. Uh, okay. Um, oh. Uh, when am I at my best, Matt? When 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 you're like when we bring up just random topics like this, like yeah, you're right. Matt. I mean, and, and you just I have the ability to that. go free, you know, free form for lack freestyle. of a better term, freestyle. Uh, it, it's pure entertainment. So I'm looking forward to this one. I, um, I am. And by the way, can I ask you guys a question? Uh, and and uh, maybe we should I, get Stevie for that one too. Stevie would be really yeah. Good Stevie that. would be really good. By the way, this is a debate always. Movies like Die Hard, even though they no, they're are, not, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And I don't know why people. I agree with it's you, Kyle. I don't know. It's just based at Christmas. It's just it just happens to be at Christmas. But well, it's you not know a what? Christmas Nobody movie. ever asks. It's like, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Nobody ever asks us. Gremlins a Christmas movie. Well, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? If Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then Gremlins is a Christmas. That's movie. a great point. Well, but they always bring that up, and I don't understand that because I'm a huge fan of Bruce Oh, Willis. Die Hard is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is a great movie, but it's not a Christmas. But movie. it's not a Christmas movie. Thank you. Just like Gremlins. Like- I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start insisting that Gremlins is a Christmas movie <laughs> because it's basic. It happens at Christmas time. People forget that. It, it, we're gonna talk about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Bubba, yeah, do you have you, a? Uh, I mean, you could say that's like saying, uh, "Have you guys ever seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut?" One of the yes. classics. 
Stanley Kubrick's last movie. Yeah. Um, it takes Nicole place Kidman very and, far yeah. from anything but a Christmas movie. But the same principle as Die Hard. It just takes place during Christmas season. Yeah. What, what about Home Alone? Ask you, Dave? What about Home Alone? Did you see that as a Christmas movie? Home Alone? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas is a central theme in the movie. Okay. <laughs> Kyle was not having that. <laughs> I know it is, but I'm just saying, like, but, some people are, I mean, they, that's been. Well, that's debate. not even an argument because, yes, it's not about Christmas, but Christmas is a central theme in the movie. The family they're traveling went on vacation. At Christmas time. The family went on vacation for Christmas. The parents are trying to get home with him. He, the, his mom and dad, everybody come home on Christmas morning. He asked Santa to bring them back. He goes to church on Christmas Eve. I mean, so yes, it's definitely a Christmas movie. That's not even debatable. That's what Bubba's going to do the whole show. He's sound effects. Side effects hey, when it's out. when it's eleven thirty, I have to keep myself entertained. Well, I'm sorry, we can't do it for you. Uh, <laughs> and I know your, I know your least favorite, the worst Christmas. I heard it today. I I know the least favorite Christmas song from Matt Semenza. It's Paul McCartney. Wonderful Christmas time. Oh, let me tell you something. That song that song is an abomination. Simply having wonderful Christmas time. When I hear that song, it, it elicits a response. I want to break things. I want to break something. I, I just want to I turn it off. Like you does. I, I I change the channel within five seconds when that song comes on. Where, where do you guys stand on Christmas rapping by the Weather Girls? That's not a bad song. I, I, I love that song. What's That's the song now? I Christmas go? rapping by the Weather Girls. Yeah, I know what you sing it. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Maybe uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. But oh, I think yeah, I'll miss this one this year. That, yeah, that one. Yes. <laughs> well, we're gonna get copyrighted. Uh, we're gonna take it off YouTube. No. It's, <laughs> You know what? I'm not trying to make Matt mad, Matt mad. But what's funny about it? It would be funny if you had like some old stuff, like David Letterman used to do when he first started late show, um, late night, and just throw it off like buildings. Um, oh my God! If you keep playing that song, Bubba, and just breaking plates, and I'm sure Christy would love that. But that would be hysterical. That does Bubba know? Like Bubba, we've never discussed this. Are you familiar with you know the Christmas songs and whatnot? The Christmas movie. Bubba, so you have you ever Christmas heard Christmas music? <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, no, but I mean, do you watch Christmas? Like, are you, you have a good knowledge of the Christmas movies and everything? Yeah, he loves Christmas vacation. He quote loves uh, yeah, it. That's, yeah, depending on which Christmas movies we're talking about. Yeah, that's a classic. Talking, if you're talking about the the Home Alones, if you're talking about uh, like vacation. Christmas vacation. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on the where do you stand on the stop motion stuff like Rudolph and and uh, you're without a Santa Claus and all that? What about it? Where do you stand on it? Do you like it? Yeah, I mean it. It's fine. I mean, I. <laughs> I really Matt, how about you? Where do you stand on the stop motion <laughs> stuff like Rudolph? And... I have one of my. Oh, that was great. It's not something. Hey, one of the coolest things we had. I love Rudolph, and I love you Without a Santa Claus. Are you kidding me? I mean, Heat Miser and Snow Miser. I mean, come on. 
Matt, do you oh, know? Do you, do, do you know the uh, Heat Monster and Snow Monster songs? Well, oh yeah, I love all. I love all. I, all right, I, well, we're gonna I, have to do that. Do you want to be Heat Monster? You're gonna be Snow Monster. I'll be the snow, the snow Meister. No, don't, don't, don't. Well, that makes sense. You're from up north. I'm from down south. That makes sense. <laughs> now, the yeah, classics are the best. I, I love, I love I'm the old Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat yes. Blister. By the way, I'm Mr. Hundred and One. You want they to talk about heat miser, whatever <laughs> I touch. You want to talk about being intimidated? One of the time I was 25 years old, so we have. I'll tell the and story. You met right the now. heat miser. No, oh. guess who was on the phone with me? Rankin, Snow miser. No, the guys that Santa created Claus. that. Oh, the Rankin Mr. Bass, Mr. Rankin Bass. Yeah, um, the two of them. Yeah, can't wow. Remember they name. created Rudolph. They created You Without Santa Claus. So many classics. Um, yeah, Frost was Frost, it? Frost? Did they? I don't know. Was that a Rankin Bass production? Not to do that. Santa Claus is coming to town. It definitely is, right? Yes. Well, Frosty was animated. I think Rankin Bass mostly did stop motion. Okay, but that, um, but that was very intimidating. They were very nice gentlemen. Both of them were very nice to me. But I'm going. Oh my God! I'm talking to guys that like created. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you were you part of the show yet? When we had um, when we had um, Rubber Deal on from uh, Christmas Story. I was not a part of that one, but yeah, I remember you had him on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was a classic. Scott um, Farkas is little toady. That's right. Gerber Dill. Did you like the new? We need to you... get Scott Farkas on. We can get yeah, he actually on. seems like a good dude. I seen I seen him on TikTok. Um, um, did I like the new one? Um, yes, I did. I did it like the what I expected. story. Um, uh, it's not a it's not a classic like the first one, but it is well intended. It has a very good heart to it. If a movie can have a heart or good, it catches the. It is not a classic of the first like the first one, but it catches the feel of the first one. It it it, it knows what it wants to be, and it and it. If you if you love the first one, then I can't imagine that you won't at least like yeah. the new one. Matt, did you like it? It was better than those damn sequels they had that were god awful and the. Uh, what was that one they had on Fox, Matt? The uh, the oh, the live musical that oh, was garbage. God, it was awful. Uh, yeah. Did I you like do... a Christmas story story, uh, Matt? I did. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought there yeah. were some really good scenes in it. Um, yeah, it, I thought, I thought it, it was well done. Yeah, like yeah. you said it perfectly. It's not. It's not as you know. I mean, nothing's ever as good as the original. But I thought, I thought it was a good, solid effort. It's definitely not a waste of my time like those other ones. Oh my god, they're <laughs> it catches the spirit of the first movie, is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's not a classic, but it catches the spirit of the first movie. So. Yeah, that's that's well said. Yep. Uh, what about uh speaking of classics? Well, we're we'll, we'll save all this for the special. We're we're getting on okay. <laughs> it's a wonderful life is one of my all time favorites. I love that one. It's good, but it's too long. And I love uh, all time beauty in that movie. One of the most uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, not Jimmy Stewart. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> he, uh, I can't think of her name. His wife, Donna um, Reed. Donna Reed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right, Matt. I thought about that last year. You know, the before. funniest part of that whole movie is when, uh, when, 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 uh, when he goes and he, what would life be like if he was never born? And his wife, because he never meets her, turns out to be. A librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What a about single librarian. She couldn't possibly find another wainer that would want her. 
Hey, uh, Matt, what about Miracle on 34th Street? I love Miracle on 34th Street, I the original version, the black yeah. and white. The, let me tell you something. All right, now, I probably brought this up every year that we talk about Christmas movies. I am a firm believer that the that the the writing on a Miracle on 34th Miracle on 34th Street is such a well-written movie, and the ending of that movie, Brilliant. how to come up with an idea to, to plausibly make Santa Claus real in a court of law, and they did it in a believable way in real life. They used the United States Postal Service. I, I thought the I think that movie is so underrated as a movie and how Amen. well written it is, particularly the ending. I think Miracle on 34th Street is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of that. Bubba, you what is your, that one? I haven't seen it for uh you for watch a long the original time. black and white version. Original is that. much better. Watch the original black and white version and then think about how genius that ending is. Yeah, I, 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 I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. That's you know, like if you have like, and no offense to people that love Hallmark, but for me, I love like to watch Christmas movies. Oh, I can't watch that Hallmark bullcrap. No, I'm no, I don't watch it. What I meant was like, you know, how they have like the. I, you know, I'm 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 a business lady from the big city, and I'm moving back to my small hometown in the country, where the local Christmas tree farm slash cookie shop is in financial trouble. <laughs> But it's being saved by this young man who I fall in love with, and it turns out his dad is Santa. <laughs> That's every movie on Hallmark, man. Yeah. Every damn Christmas movie on Hallmark. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to bust a Hallmark. I was just making the point of like for me when they have like a hundred movies, you know, like it they start in November, whatever it is. October. For me, okay, October. I can watch all the specials and all the great Christmas movies that yeah, I want to yeah, watch. The Hallmark stuff is garbage. The only thing I watch is the Hallmark <laughs> Movie Channel does rerun the old, um, the old, uh, the old Walton's Christmas movie, uh, Walton's a Homecoming. But besides that, I can't watch shit on Hallmark. Not even and the Golden Girls right now. Yeah. Oh, my, well, my wife too. watches the Golden Girls. Jessica loves the freaking Golden Girls. Good that's God. a good. That's a good show. I'm All a big right, fan of Scrooge. I, let me let me leave you with this. The the I like the 19. I think it's 1952. Sir Alistair Sim. Oh, Christmas Carol. Christmas yeah, that's a really good one. I will give you. I will give you a sleeper, Matt. Have you ever seen the 1999 version with Patrick, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart. I was getting ready to say yeah, that he was good. He was good. He did a good I like job. Patrick Stewart. I like. Uh, I really like George C. Scott. Eighty four, yeah. the eighty four version. Yeah, that's good too. He, he, George C. Scott is one of the the great actors of all time. Uh, he played Patton. He, he, that's he, a great uh, movie. I mean, the ninety nine version, for whatever reason, is my favorite with Patrick Stewart. I don't know why, but I, uh, for whatever reason, it, it is well done. I, no, I, 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 I definitely think that's a very good. Uh, Particularly being when you consider that that movie was freaking made for TNT. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. Wow, I've forgotten that. Yeah. And, uh, all right, Bubba, do you have anything? The only thing I have um, is a game that was finishing up right about the time we were going live. Uh, heck of a game uh, tonight down at Fogelman Arena in New Orleans. You had Tulane winning in double overtime over Furman, 117-110. to 110. Wow. So mm. the Green Wave are wow. now 7-2. and two. All right. So we got to definitely play our best uh, with that that bunch down in New Orleans, and um, I tell you what, very excited. Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that we'll get a Christmas present 
Um, Hauser will be under the Christmas tree. <laughs> Rock, we'll be rocking around the Christmas tree because we have Hauser. I don't want him under my Christmas tree. You can put him under your Christmas tree if you want to. I want him to sign with ECU, but I don't want him under the Christmas tree. That's a little weird. Okay, well, I'm just talking about for him. I want him to sign. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are killing me. All right, we're going to get out of here. We need to end the show. Yeah, we do. We need to stick a fork in it. We're out of here. You guys have a great, great uh, time this weekend. Um, Enjoy the bowl games, and we'll try to have a – maybe we can have a show. Um, Like I said, on Sunday night, we'll keep keep your fingers crossed. We'll get out of here, Bubba. Yeah, we got a Christmas special coming. One day this is coming a week. Bubba may or may not participate. We'll see. Of course I'll participate. <laughs> he doesn't hate Christmas. He He's does. not the Grinch I, or Scrooge. He, he, he hates it. He hates <laughs> it. I just hate the Christmas show before the Christmas show at eleven forty at night. Hour you know, preview when, when, when I got to when I got to get up here in six hours. Oh, right. come on, come on, Bubba! You got to get in the Christmas spirit. All right. <laughs> Bubba's <laughs> like he hate, he hate me from the arena for, or from the uh, XFL. The XFL. <laughs> he hate me. He hate me. All right, we'll get out of here. You guys have a great, great weekend. We'll see you soon right here on the Sports Objective. Pirate basketball overtime. Again, way back when Pirates lose tonight, 70-65 to Florida. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates.